You're listening to a special edition of the Action Figure Blues podcast brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. This is the AFB Q&A with Adam Douglas, a.k.a. Westy. Welcome to another edition of AFB Q&A. I'm Ben, and tonight I'm going to be interviewing AFB podcast regular Adam. Welcome to the AFB Q&A, Adam. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Very good. So how you been? Yeah, all right. Keeping busy, doing yard work. Excellent. Excellent. The uh, further adventures of Captain Practical. Yeah, that's right. I, I had to get... I had to do... Well, it did so much pruning over Easter weekend, I had to get a skip in to dispose of it all. <laughs> I think one of these days we should ask Scott to uh, edit together all the uh, all the segments of, uh, of <laughs> Captain Practical, and there'd probably be a whole segment in it as you uh, basically renovate your entire house. Oh, there'd be like a, a whole episode in another few years or so. That's right, that's right. Well, look, before we get underway, a little bit of background first. Um, the idea for this special edition podcast came from some listener feedback we, we received, which gave us the notion that uh, folks would like to know a bit more about each of the AFB podcast hosts in terms of our interests, our collections, and the story behind them. And we already have so much to cover that we thought it would be best to just tackle that in a, a sort of a in-depth question in a separate podcast to the main AFB podcast, so we're going to be taking turns sitting in the interview chair and bearing our collection souls to you. Anyway, let's get this show on the road with the Toy Box 10. Well, tonight we want to find out all about our guests, their collection, their collecting habits, etc. Before we get underway, we're going to hit them up with the Toy Box 10. It's a set of rapid-fire questions we use to get to know them just a little bit better. Alrighty, Adam, here we go. Question number one. What's the first toy of any type that you remember having? Uh, Vintage Master of the Universe Ram Man. I think I got him for my fourth birthday, and that's also the first birthday I can remember having as well. Excellent. Number two, what was your favourite toy as a child? That one's hard because I had so many good toys. There were like Transformers and He-Man and there was like Super Powers toys and, and Voltron. Sounded <laughs> uh, like a tough household. Yeah. Uh, and Mask toys. Mask was pretty good. <laughs> I'll go for something from Mask. Excellent. All right. Who's your favourite pop culture character? Uh... It's interesting. Um, so when I first started reading Marvel stuff, it would have been Wolverine, and then they pretty much trashed the character, and then it pretty much became Spider-Man, and they trashed the character. Um, so I'm going to stay away from Marvel and say something that they can't really trash too badly and go for Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Excellent. Question number four. Who's your biggest pop culture celebrity crush? Of all time of all is... Time. Is appallingly Avril Lavigne. <laughs> uh, question number five: Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Trek. Ooh, interesting. Specifically, original series Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. Very nice. 
Question number six. What is your holy grail item? <sighs> That's a hard one. Um, I don't I don't really get into the whole uh, I'd really like to have that one day kind of stuff because typically I either have it or I don't. I guess the one thing that I'd like to have that I don't would be the um, the Adam Hughes MJ statue, which, yes, I know you have. <laughs> the Mary Jane statue from Sideshow. Yeah. Outstanding piece. All right. Question number seven, your favourite pop culture-related movie? Uh, that's interesting. Um, Surely it's Daredevil. No, no. <laughs> well, if we're going to make joke comments, why wouldn't we say Electra? Well, that's right. Uh, um, that's a hard question. I mean, Spider-Man 2 was quite good, but... Um, Surely there's something that I've liked more. I will say Spider-Man 2 and be done with it. Oh, we can always revisit it later. Yeah. Question number seven. Uh, sorry, question number eight. Are you out as a collector? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Question number nine. Favourite Ninja Turtle? Uh, I would say it's probably Raph. Um, back when I was a wee noob, it would have been Michelangelo, but, you know, quickly got rid of that silly notion. It's it's pretty hard to pick one when you when you really sit down and think about it, but yeah, excellent. Yeah, I don't really like Leonardo, but you know, oh, that's that's harsh. Eh. <laughs> question <laughs> question number ten: What is uh, a dream toy line yet to be made? I, I assume we're like excluding pretty much life size scale mechs, right? <clears throat> well, if it could be marketed as a toy, I, I think that's plausible. Well, it would be pushing that recommended retail price, though. Yeah, and it wouldn't be so much a toy as like you know a, a military device. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. Um, we had what was the what was it the um, R2D2 that was like a Blu-ray player and remote controlled and stuff? What scale was that? <sighs> Probably, well, it was about half scale. So if we went for a full-scale astromech droid that could play Blu-rays or whatever the format of the time is and stuff like that, that'd be kind of cool. And they could probably do a... They could really vary it up. Like, one of them could be a bar fridge and... Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he had, like, that whole food and drink service thing going on at one stage. So, yeah. I mean, realistically, you know, we can't be too far off from the point where you'd be able to easily fit a home theatre kind of thing in the head of it and then the rest could just go off and be used for whatever else, like drinks and you know, things to kill your friends with and stuff. And you could use R2-D2's little sort of projection feature to actually display your Blu-ray movie, you know, you know projected onto your lounge room wall. Yeah, it'd be... I, I can't see why someone hasn't done this already. It just seems so obvious to me. Wow, if we keep having these Q&As, we could continue to brainstorm and come up with some really cool stuff. Then we just need to get, like, a licence for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, and Lucasfilm and... Yeah. Well, Lucas, isn't Lucasfilm non-existent anymore? Well, it's Disney now. They might be. Uh, oh, they're probably even worse. But I thought, like, I thought there was actually a news article where they've officially disbanded Lucasfilm. Lucas Arts got the boot. Ah, that's what it was. There you go. So. All right. Well, let's move into just, I guess, the uh, the general collector conversation, and I think maybe let's take it all the way back until uh, you know a, a young Westie was just a wee lad. Yep. And where did it all start for you? Like, what are your earliest pop culture memories? 
So I can definitely remember getting up for, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and this is back in the day when you'd get Transformers and He-Man and She-Ra and Mask and Astro Boy. What else would you have gotten? Speed Racer, some Robotech, um, which I never really enjoyed. Pe- uh, that, would a, that would be a pretty darn serious Saturday morning. I, I think that would be – that's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. But, I mean, we would have also had Thundercats and G.I. Joe, but I never remember watching them, so – they must have been on a competing time slot or something. Yeah, I definitely don't remember seeing G.I. Joe. Yeah, but I know friends that, that do remember it, so I don't know what's going on there. But Yeah. And so did any of those shows in particular sort of stand out? Was there you know one or two that were the must-watch and the others just sort of filled the gaps? So I think the must-watches would have been um, Transformers, He-Man, um, what was the Superpowers show called? I can't remember. That was, um, oh, that was the Super Friends or Yeah, Legion of Super Friends or whatever yeah. it was called. That one would have been Must Watch. Um, and so would have Mask. And I think the rest would have been pretty much filler. Astro Boy we never got consistently, I don't think. So that was kind of a watch it if it was one you hadn't seen before. But otherwise, you know, meh. And so to to your young memory, do you recall that, um, you know, that the animation was used over and over again in Masters of the Universe? Were you that observant? I don't remember it, but I know it. I know it to be true, but I don't remember it from the time. So it's kind of a, yeah, okay, sure, maybe. But as a kid, I probably didn't care. <laughs> so the scenes where He-Man used to do that, that sort of... Um, combat role and then would leap up to his feet and you know throw his sword backwards and forwards between his hands and they would use that over and over again uh if you know from each episode and every monster made the same roar no that that's completely not something i remembered but at the same time i remember voltron being good which you know isn't the case yeah well, what about the live action shows was the stuff you'd, you'd tune into on a friday night i'm just trying to think i don't reckon there was too much live action that I would have watched as a really little kid. I think probably around that time you'd be looking at things like um, Knight Rider. Uh, yeah. Possibly the A-Team. Maybe Buck Rogers would have still been around. I wouldn't have had the attention span for the A-Team. Um, I didn't have the attention span for Star Wars until I was, you know, a teenager. Um, and Knight Rider, yeah, Probably, and we probably watched it, but I don't really remember much of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I do remember is um, Sunday afternoon was wrestling. <laughs> ah, yes, that would have been around the time that The the Undertaker won his first championship. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I had Undertaker. Um, we definitely had Hulk and we definitely had Jake the Snake and Roddy Rowdy and stuff. A rowdy piper, sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what you you mentioned, Ram Man, and that that's obviously a reflection of the time, and that you were watching Masters of the Universe. But what what are some of the earliest sort of toys and, and action figures you remember getting? So, I had a fairly decent collection of He Man, a fairly decent um, Transformers set. Um, or between my brother and I, because he's you know a couple years older than I am. So between us, we you know we wouldn't all ha- each have um, a necessarily great collection by ourselves, but combined we'd have a decent set. We had a fairly decent set of masks. 
Um, we had, I think, most of the first couple of waves of um, superpowers. Um, yeah. But, so, so, were birth, uh, so were things like, say, Christmas in, in your household, would your brother get Beastman and you'd get Merman or would you both get a Beastman or how did that situation work? We'd get different things, um, but typically what would happen would be we'd have to, and we still do this sometimes these years, but we'd um, have to write out our list of these are the things we want. Ah. And I think if there was anything that was on both lists, it would be kind of a case of, okay, maybe, you know, some one of us would get one and the other would get a different one of the same thing of um that was on both of our lists right. to try and make it fair. So was there any rivalry or were you both pretty good spirited about it? Uh, we're probably both pretty good, apart from if we'd been annoying each other and said that you couldn't play with one <laughs> of the toys that the other one owned. Right. <laughs> And so I know we talked about this on a, a recent episode of the the AFB podcast, but um, you know, how did you guys go about treating your toys? Well, generally pretty good, apart from when you know I'd do dumb things with them and whatever, or was too uncoordinated to use the toy properly. <laughs> so, like I said, my my Megatron, like the arms on that, lasted all of maybe two three weeks, just because it was such a fiddly thing for a small child to have to deal with. Like from what I can remember, I was just kind of going, "Ah, oh, this is this is hard. This is hard. This is hard." And I went, "Maybe if I do this one," and just went break. And I went, "Okay." <laughs> well, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Find out the hard way that it doesn't actually have that particular action feature. Yeah, well, it wasn't even that. It was just trying to transform it. I think probably from a robot back to a gun. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't handle it. Um, so that was annoying. But um, yeah, otherwise it was pretty good. You know. Mask had all the, you know, everything had a vehicle, so it was good for having things like, you know, if you want to have a, a smash-up derby, that or Transformers would be a good one for that. But So do you think those lines were, were the ones where you first realised that, you know, you, you could um, sort of universe build a line, that, that you'd look at sort of Master of the Universe figures and realise there were, you know, more in each wave and, and then future waves would, would appear on shelves. Did you have that sense of awareness with those lines? I think so, but at that time we didn't really realise that there were waves or any of that. I mean, all you could do is you'd go to the toy store and go, oh, that guy, I've seen him on TV. <laughs> oh, I'd like to have that because um, you'd still see all the stuff from the first wave and still regularly still be on the on the pegs until, you know, like while there was three or four waves later we were out because they kept, seemed to keep on either stocking. They had a massive surplus stock or they just kept make, manufacturing the same thing and just going, yeah, well, you know, everyone's buying Optimus Prime. Make sure there's always Optimus Prime there and, you know, however many of these other ones come out, we'll just make sure there's there's always an Optimus Prime anyway because the kids will buy that regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and at the same time, it wasn't a case of, well, you know, accepting that you're not going to get every toy as a kid, you kind of go, okay, well, these are the ones that are kind of really important to me and, and that's the ones that I'll go for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how possessive were you of your toys? Were you the kind of kid that would potentially trade one figure for another figure that your friend had or were you sort of, no, this is mine and I'm happy to have it? No, you don't trade toys. <laughs> no, no, that, that that's mine, and you can't have it. Um, <laughs> so trading toys was something that came much, much later then. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So 
I guess a lot of people would probably um, think that, you know, you were sort of getting um, toys at, at what was a, a bit of a golden age, I guess, with Masters of the Universe and, and Transformers, you know, Gen 1 and, and Voltron and things like that. But, um, you know, that those lines eventually sort of came to an end. So where did you sort of progress to from there? Like how, how long before they got sort of put in a box and you moved on to other things? Um, I'm just trying to think. So eventually we stopped getting Gen 1 transformed. All of that would have stopped, and that was probably when I was about 10-ish maybe. So it would have been late 80s, early 90s kind of time frame. Um, from there, pretty much the next th- the next big thing that came on was um, Ninja Turtles. Ah, oh, yes. Um, and... We never really got a lot of Ninja Turtles because by that time we'd also gotten things like Game Boy. Um, so rather than asking for action figures, we'd go, oh, well, I'd really like that game, and instead of saving our money to spend on action figures, we'd be buying Game Boy games. Ah, good point. Yeah, that that's actually a really interesting point that you make because, um, you know, while uh, I, I'm certainly not old, you know, by any means, um, you know, I'm from that slightly different generation um, than yourself, and so uh, I didn't really sort of compete, um, you know, against video games. Toys were always just sort of there. If anything, you know, it was comics that competed. Um, yeah, for toys. So the fact that, you know, you got to a point where you actually had to start competing with video games, that, that's interesting. And I guess is is that where your interests slowly sort of changed? Yeah, probably. It would have been, you know, a combination of that, a combination of starting to read comic books. Um, and then obviously the other thing at the time would have been um, trading cards and stuff like that, yeah. um, which, you know, we kind of sort of did a little bit of, but not heaps. I mean, I've got a couple of complete sets of things, but that was mainly much later after I'd, you know, kind of just gone, eh, I'll just buy a complete set of it or whatever, or yeah. I'd had most of a complete set and just traded a couple or bought a couple I needed. Um, but, yeah, so I guess it was kind of a case of the other thing is when you're at that age, if you're going on family trips, you know, like a road trip or an um, interstate trip or whatever, like once a year or whatever, you kind of need something to do. Yeah. Um, and so Game Boy obviously gives you that and you just, yeah, there you go, kid play that for eight hours or whatever in the car. And <laughs> and if you've got enough different games, you don't care. You can just kind of do it apart from when you have to get out and um, stretch your legs and whatever. Yeah. So that, that probably would have driven that a bit as well rather than, okay, look, yeah, fine, action figures. And I don't remember there being a great deal after Ninja Turtles that I was actually interested in, in any case. I mean, after that, the next big thing would have been getting into the um, first few waves of Toy Biz X-Men figures. But by that stage, it's kind of a case of, okay, well, I can spend 10, 15 bucks or whatever they would have been at that time on an X-Men figure, or I can ignore getting three figures and get a Game Boy game. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, you mentioned um, comics, and and certainly, um, you know, I started reading comics at a very young age, and so I don't don't really sort of separate comics or toys into eras. They, They always sort of ran in parallel. So tell yeah. us about sort of when you first started getting into comics. What were the um, you know the characters and titles that that really stood out for you? So I mean, when we were little kids, we didn't really have that much in the way of comics. We would have had like you know um, a stack of old Spider Man and Batman and whatever from cousins. Um, but then we kind of you know would have been 
early 90s we started getting into stuff and we both pretty much got into Marvel characters a bit more. It was probably my brother would have picked Marvel and I would kind of gone, oh, yeah, well, I'll read his and then i go, oh, that's kind of good, what's kind of similar but not the same and start getting that. Um, so that would have been more where we went rather than DC because, you know, okay, well, um, for us DC at when we were growing up was kind of Justice League, and Batman, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Superman wasn't that interesting to us, and then the rest of them were kind of, oh, yeah, those are the guys that hang out with Batman sometimes. Yeah. All right, so as we sort of move on towards sort of the, the Toybiz X-Men and, and that sort of thing, did did you eventually sort of put the, the toys aside and get into sport and girls and cars? Like, did you start and stop collecting, or has it always been something you've done? Um. I probably would have had a gap. Um, so it would have been probably Ninja Turtles is about where we stopped really collecting or getting toys. Um, then we went to video games. The, then you'd have like the odd toy that you might get, like a, a Toy Biz X-Men or whatever from the early 90s, and then probably pretty much nothing for years and years and years after that. Um, so getting into sport, yeah, kind of, sort of. Um, I got into, you know, a bit of squash and a bit of badminton and that kind of stuff for a while during high school um, and then stopped that for a few years. Um, girls I was always interested in, but I couldn't work out how to do, how to, how to, do, how to make that happen. <laughs> that was a real, real puzzle for me. So, um, yeah, that, that didn't take up as much time as it could have. And then um, as far as cars, interestingly enough, the early 90s would also have been when I started watching Formula One on a regular basis. Yep. Um, so pretty much since about the end of 93 onwards, you know, you can ride off my Sunday night once a, or two or three times a, four, a month or whatever it is nowadays. But yes. back then it was 16 races, so it would be, you know, once every two to three weeks. Yes, yeah, and you're known for your passion for, for Formula One. So... All right, so as, as you, you know, moved along into ad- adulthood, where mm-hmm. was the, the trigger that sort of set things off again? Um, so it would have been, by the time I got to uni, I hadn't really been buying Marvel or DC for a few years because, you know, they got terrible um, and because I was, you know, spending more money on things like alcohol. Um, so... I would have basically, okay, yeah, got to uni, fine, okay, more money available to me because you're of a working age, blah, blah. Um, and so then it was a case of, okay, well, maybe I should start having a look at comic books again. Um, so I started reading things like Ranma One Half and um, what else was I reading? Inuyasha and a few other, uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Neon Genesis, so a bunch of manga titles because, you know, I remember comics had just gone horrid. Um, if I'd been smart, I probably would have been picking up things like Morrison's um, New X-Men and whatever, but such is life. And New Mutants, 98, first appearance of Deadpool. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> I remember seeing like hordes of those on the shelf, and yeah, in hindsight's a wonderful thing. See, but that would have been before I'd even started really getting seriously into Marvel Comics. Because it wasn't much after we'd I'd started reading a lot of Marvel comics that X Force came out, so um, so that kind of dates, you know, where that was. Um, so I didn't have a, a huge, you know, 
oh wow, you know, New Mutants with Deadpool kind of thing. <laughs> um, but the other thing that would have got me back into it would have been not only the comics of Neon Genesis and Dragon Ball Z, but the um, the TV shows that went with them. Yeah. Um, and so from that, I kind of went, ah, oh, yeah, okay, well, I could get a model kit or whatever of a one of the Evangelions from Neon Genesis, and I got a couple of those, and I never finished one of them. Um, <laughs> but because Dragon Ball Z was, you know, a children's show, God knows what children are, you know, watching that, although I guess it got massively edited by Funimation to reduce the the bloodier bits of the violence. Um, there was massive, massive amounts of figures available in stores. I think it took like, six to 12 months after it started airing over here because before that you'd, you'd kind of had to go to um, toy store, specialty toy stores or importation stores and get them there. Yeah. And so from that I kind of went, okay, well, Vegeta is the best character in the show, clearly, so let's get as many Vegeta figures as we can get and that would have been what started me back onto collecting as an adult. That's quite interesting that it was actually that, that sort of Asian influence that, that got you a lot of people... Um, you know, tend to say that, you know, what really kicked them off again were, were either things like, um, you know, obviously Marvel Legends, if it was a bit later, but a lot of people point to, um, I guess McFarlane really upping the, uh, their game with, with sculpting, et cetera, in the, in the late nineties. Yeah. I mean, I saw, um, the McFarlane stuff, but I, I was just going, yeah, they, they look cool, but they're not characters I have any particular mm. affinity for. I don't have the money for it, so, yeah, okay, I'll just save my money. Yeah. Um, and then when Marvel Legends started coming out, I would have seen them bits and pieces in, in stores and whatever, but at the same time, it would have been around the time I started, I finished uni, started working, so I was going, okay, so the key the key aim here is um, pay or get my own car and then get out of living with mum and dad, so, <laughs> and in between spend money on video games. Um so it was kind of a case of, yeah, okay, but they're cool, but, you know, let's let's save some money here and and move on with the life, um, which, you know, in the end probably cost me more money. Oh, it always does. In a sense, but what can you do? So what, what other sort of items or series stood out for you at that time as you were getting back into it? Um, I think that was that was kind of it. Um, I mean, I'd seen Marvel Legends gone, yeah, that's that's a really, you know, uh, hyper-articulated thing. There were some that looked really good. There were some that looked not, not so good. Um, and then I think I, the point where I really would have started paying attention would have been around um, probably the Galactus, Sentinel, or Apocalypse builder figure stages. And we're going, oh, okay, so you get all of these and you can build a really big figure. And I was going, yeah, that's that's kind of a cool idea. Um, we didn't have that back when we were kids, so yeah, sure, fine. Um, and then I kind of went, yep, yeah, and and um, kind of didn't get back into figures much after Dragon Ball Z figures stopped becoming available. And I went, okay, and started getting more, you know, trade paperbacks and whatever comics and collecting things that I hadn't read because I hadn't been reading comics at the time and that kind of stuff. And then I kind of went, um, I think the thing that really sparked me on the – Marvel Legends and um, that kind of stuff was there was an article on IGN and this is going back yeah 2007 or 8 ish which is about okay you know if you were going to build an action figure collection of this team what what are the figures that 
you know, the best representation of the, the guys in it that are in the same scale. You can just go, okay, fine, done, put them on a shelf. Wow. I can't, and so I started reading that and I'm like, oh, yeah, so, you know, and started doing a little bit of Google searching and eBaying and whatever and started putting together a new Avengers team. Um, and, you know, got kind of half a team and then Marvel Legends stopped. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't we remember that one? Yeah. All right. Well, if we if we sort of um, fast forward and to today and, and and get you to sort of look back over, um, you know that sort of collecting period, and I guess even probably back to childhood, what are sort of the 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 series that really stand out? What are the ones that you've really enjoyed over the years? Yeah. So it's not really a series, but it's look. Lego's always been around in my as far as I can remember. It's always been there. It's always been useful as hell. Like even if you weren't, like back when um when I got into Formula One, I go okay. So we've got all these Matchbox cars. There's a three week gap before the next race, so I can have a Matchbox Grand Prix around the, <laughs> the floor of my bedroom, and it'd be a case of okay. So I've got to lay out the track. So you'd use you know shoes and whatever else to make the track, and then you go well. I need something to fill in this gap here. So or you know I want to make a a bit of a a um an incline or whatever. So you go, well, what am I going to use for that? Oh, out comes the Lego, build something, off you go, fine. So that, I think, I don't understand why it ever really went into decline. I can take guesses about, you know, pricing and not being exciting enough and whatever else, right? Um, but Lego has always been huge as far as I can remember. Um, superpowers, He-Man, um, Transformers and Musk were obviously, you know, awesome back in the day. Um and then from there, you know, Ninja Turtles went huge for a few years while the show was big and everyone was into Ninja Turtles. Um, and then after that, it kind of really dropped off. Um, mm. And then, you know, you, it had, from there it always seems to have just been fads. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I think we still get that a lot. Like, you know, Ben 10 went really big, fad. Pokemon was a was a massive fat at one stage but we didn't get toys to go with that until kind of you know a year or so after the fat had already gotten to its peak and was already on the downward curve um and now i think it's that whole faddishness that stops yeah um, companies really going hard after anything because they go okay well we wait two years to see if it's just a fat or not it's already peaked it's coming down again and then we're kind of speculating, okay, is it going to level out? Is it going to continue to go down or is it going to come back up? Um, and it, I get where they're coming from because it's a hard decision to make. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then obviously after that, you know, Marvel Legends, which I got in at the wrong time, and then Marvel Universe, which is kind of the thing that um, makes the bulk of my collection these days. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, now that, you know, you, you are a uh, responsible adult, insert sort of laugh <laughs> Yes. Um, and, and one with a, a disposable income, has there ever been any desire to sort of go back and, and pick up or, or col- you know, complete some of those, um, those lines from childhood? Not really, partly because I know how expensive it would be to get them in good condition, um, partly because I'd have to go and find where all of the ones that we had are, and evaluate what condition they're in and therefore try and say, okay, look, mine's maybe in a, a good condition or a fair or a poor. Do I really want to go and spend top dollar on getting a mint one? Um, do I want to spend money on getting, you know, something of the similar condition? Um, it's not really something I'm that interested in. I know where those toys are. If I need to go and pull them out, I go and see mum and dad. So, 
Very good. All right. Well, you know, if uh, if we were to show up unannounced at the the Westie household, yeah, um, and you know, you welcomed us in with uh, you know a warm greeting. What sort of things would we see in your collection? What does uh, your collection look like now? So I haven't put photos up for a while, but there's a hell of a lot of Marvel universe, like. Uh, I would say two and a half to three full Bucky Detolfs of Marvel Universe. Actually, it'd be more than that. It's probably more like three, three and a half. Um, there's still a bit of Marvel Un- uh, Legends left. Um, I think, you know, even if I offloaded a lot of that, I'd still keep things like the Galactus, the Apocalypse and the Sentinel, yeah. um, just because they still fit oh, and probably the giant man as well because they still fit really well in the scale with um marvel universe yeah they do yeah. um the other things i guess you know there's my um revoltech evangelion figures um they get a, a square of a detolve there's my um my sh figure arts strangle z figures um this is all just the stuff that's kind of in my room um, and then there's, you know, the odd Marvel Select figure and some play art Street Fighter stuff. Um, there's my Hero Click stuff that I got into for a little bit. Um, there's, you know, um, I think it was the Bowen Designs, the Spider Man and J. Jonah Jameson mini busts. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. Um, there's a few Bishojos in there. And then if you go into the Nerd Room, there's obviously all my comics are in there. Um, Along with, you know, things like um, some more Bishojo, small Marvel Select stuff. Um, there was the Batman Gotham City Tales um, wall hanging things. Oh, yes, yeah, very nice. Yep, so they're kind of good and make a, a useful uh, bookend. Um, and then there's the thing that actually I did go back and buy from childhood, which was the um, Spider-Man and Venom bookends. Um, circa, I'd like to say probably ninety three to ninety four ish. Ah, is that the one where Venom's hand is coming out the other end? Yep. Ah, excellent. Because I rem- yeah, I remember at the time seeing them advertising the comics and going, oh, that's really cool. And then when I did the nerd room, um, which explanation, our house has a kitchen around the corner from the kitchen, so in the hallway across from the bathroom is what was what used to be a pantry. Um, except that it had crappy carpet, the shelving in it had, you know, like bits of Vegemite stain or whatever on it when I bought the house. And so it got to that point where I was going, okay, I need space to store all of these comics and books and DVDs and whatever. So I just went, right, rip all of that out and put in shelves and nice carpet and whatever and make it look, right, you know, somewhat presentable. Um, But then when having a lot of comics and books, it was kind of a case of, okay, I need something to hold these up because it's not a great-shaped room. Like, it's got... Only two of the walls meet in a right angle and the rest are all these funny angles. Uh, that's right, yes. Yeah. So I was kind of, okay, well, I liked those back when I was a kid. There's not too much else as far as comic character bookend, so try and find some of those on eBay. And I found some that are a little bit, you know, damaged in places but serviceable, so went with that. Excellent, excellent. And certainly if listeners are interested, if they go and check out... Uh the, you know, Westy collection thread on the AFB forum at, at afbforum.com, um, you, uh, you documented the process of building the, uh, the nerd room, which was uh, a lot of fun to watch. I did, but I'm not sure if there are, all the photos are available because it might be, some of them might be too old on Flickr. Ah, time to update. Uh. <laughs> 
So how has your collecting changed over time from when you sort of got back into it? What What's sort of come and gone and, you know, you've changed your mind, etc. So, I mean, obviously I started getting, when I got back into it, it was Marvel Legends. That was short-lived. I went and tried to fill in a couple of specific back areas of Marvel Legends going, yeah, this and that and blah, 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 which um, for things like building, when I wanted to build, you know, um, Apocalypse, I think Galactus and the Sentinel. I think I pretty much bought the uh, minting card figures for the or minton card figures for those because it was a case of okay, I'd do it that way, or I'd do it, you know, eBaying individual pieces. And there's always one or two pieces in a builder figure that seem to go for ridiculous amounts. Yeah. Um, and some of them even go for more than you know a minton card figure with piece. Mm-hmm. And so it was a case of, okay, well, I get the figure and I get the piece. If I don't want the figure later, I can sell it or, you know, just chuck it in the bin kind of thing. Um, so I did that. And um, so, you know, I started offloading some of the Marvel Legends. Um, if anyone wants any of them that are up for sale, please let me know. Beforum.com. <laughs> uh, yep, that's it. Um, but then with, you know, Marvel Universe coming out, it was kind of a case of, okay, well, I can get in at the ground floor with this one, and I, I have. I've got pretty much every figure, I think, so far. Um, there's, you know, the odd variant here and there that I don't have, but it's a case of do I really care that much? And um, so I've got a, a very comprehensive collection there. Um, but at the same time, it's now got to that point where, okay, this is starting to take up more space than I have, and which of these variants do I really need now? So now it's starting to get a bit more, get in, into the cherry-picking kind of phase of that one i think yeah 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 oh, excellent very good well normally i'd probably uh ask you next about whether your you know your family and friends are supportive of your collecting but um i guess a lot of listeners would be very envious uh, of yourself because uh, mrs westy shares some of your passions so tell us about that yep so um my wife, we can call her Rebecca if we want to, or we can call her Mrs. Westy, um, <laughs> is also a collector, but for her it's it's Lego. So she had, you know, her like, she's still got all of her boxes, like the actual cardboard box even, for her Lego from back when she was a kid, and she's got, wow. you know, some fantastic old sets, um, whereas, you know, myself and my brother just kind of kept um, the books. And I, I think if it was up to us, we wouldn't have those. That's thank you to mum for, you know, putting them in a binder for us with, you know, plastic sleeves and whatever, so we'd still have them. Um, so she's still got all of her sets. She doesn't use it all, you know, and she doesn't put put it all on display. Um, but for her, it's more about the city-themed Lego stuff so that she can kind of go, okay, you know, she's not heaps into the space stuff when she was a kid or the yeah. pirates and whatever, and she's kind of going, you know, those some of those things she goes, that's boy Lego. I don't want to know about ninjas. I don't <laughs> I don't care about cowboys and Indians and space and aliens and all that stuff. I want, you know, things that are kind of like a real city. Yes. Um, so, you know, every time they bring out a new kind of Lego that's not city, she kind of goes, oh, you know, that's just stupid. Why are they doing that? That's for boys. The point of Lego is anyone can play with it and blah, blah, blah. And so she also gets equally offended when they do things like Lego Friends and Belleville and whatever else. <laughs> Because she goes, but the point is that Lego's for everyone. Why are you making girl-specific Lego? If the girls aren't buying the normal Lego, the boys aren't going to buy the girl Lego. So That's um, true. So anyway, yeah, she's got a, an extensive um, Lego City growing there. And 
um, enabling her. I bought her a big one and a half meter by one and a half meter table and allowed her to go nuts putting stuff on there. And, you know, I'd buy her a set every now and then. And then it was kind of a case of, okay, well, you filled the table. How can we get some more space? So I built a tier on top of that um, for a subway to run underneath to get the trains out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she's she's quite happy to, for me to collect stuff. She doesn't mind if it spreads out of my room um, too much, <laughs> but it's a case where she goes, I don't want to just see random things sitting in random places around the house. She goes, I'm happy for you to have your allocated space. I'm happy if you're going to have, like, you know, a cabinet out in the rest of the house, but I don't just want to see, like, an action figure sitting on the kitchen bench kind of thing. I, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, I'm going... I wouldn't want a random action figure sitting on the kitchen bench. It's just going to look stupid. So when the two of you first met, was was that something that was a, a mutual conversation topic or was it something you avoided until, you know, one of you said, oh, I've got a confession to make, and then when you blurted it out, you know, the other one said, oh, thank God, me too, or how did that work? Not really because I met back, back in uni kind of thing and then um, – didn't see her for a couple of years until I started playing badminton again. Coincidentally, started playing badminton with her and some other people that I knew from uni, um, which is coincidence because I started going to that place because of someone that I went to high school with. Um, <laughs> so then kind of, you know, got into that group of friends and eventually ended up um, dating Rebecca. But it wasn't until kind of, you know, she started moving. She's like, and here's all my Lego. And I went, okay, fine. Um, his bike, you know, collection of stuff, which she kind of already knew about. And I kind of knew she had some Lego somewhere, but I didn't know it was, you know, a big thing. It was kind of, okay, yep, fine. We're both nerds anyway. <laughs> Let, let's get on with it kind of thing. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, that, that's, uh, that's fun. And, and it's, it, it is good to have that support from, you know, from your beloved. I get that from Mrs. Shake and that does make the collecting a lot more fun. And Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of collecting, I mean, you know, we do it for a reason, or, or hopefully we do, and it's not just some weird <laughs> com compulsion, but, you know, why is it that, that you collect? Like, what, what does collecting do for you? You know, it's funny that you say not some weird compulsion, because I'm sure some days that's the only reason I do it. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, look, it's another way for Marvel Universe with, with characters I don't really care about. Um I think it, at those times it does become a bit of a compulsion, but otherwise it's just kind of a case of, okay, you know, it puts a bit of colour around the house and it lets you go, okay, that's this person and that person. You can kind of go, okay, yeah. It, it's kind of as well as that, it's kind of a visual index of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I go, if someone says, oh, you know, this character, and I kind of go, which one's that again? I can kind of go and pick them out on a shelf and... Um, you can kind of, you know, it's it's that kind of thing of also having that that kind of little reminder of um, things that you enjoy doing, even though you're not doing them at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about it's about having a, a visual representation of of characters you enjoy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I could equally have just, you know, if I had artistic talent, drawn a a big picture or painted it on the wall or whatever. But you know, at the same then I couldn't equally just pick that up or pick up one of those characters and move it somewhere else. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, one of the things uh, we know you for is your Marvel Universe collection. It's um, it's pretty broad. Is, is that the sort of thing where whenever a new box set comes out and it contains, uh, you know, one or two characters you don't have, you know, do you feel that compulsion to, to add that to your collection or is it just something that you'd look at and go, eh, I can live without that? I typically will. Um, it's, so, I mean, you know, there'll be sets where... I'll go, okay, that's if it's the problem I have is if it's a con exclusive and I go, uh, con exclusive. I go, well, I'll wait a couple of months and see if they decide they're going to release it at retail. And then if they release it at retail, I'll wait, I can wait another couple of months and see if it comes out in Australia and I'll pick it up. If not, okay, fine, I'll just take to eBay and get it. Um, (laughs) the ones I don't like is like they released, oh, there was like a an Avengers starter pack or something that they released, I don't know, last year or the year before. And it was basically all figures that I already had. And yeah. so I was like, well, okay, I can buy a pretty box set, but I'm never going to open it. I'm just going to sit it on a shelf somewhere and just say that I have it. And so I left that one alone. The same as when they started doing the three packs. They did a Heroic Ages and it had like Iron Man, Thor, and it was either Cap or Hulk. I was like, I have those three characters. They've done a minor variation on paint apps, so I'm going to leave it. I don't need that. Um, Similarly, there was like, you know, there's a couple other ones that were like um, early on in the series they had two packs and one was uh, Punisher versus someone where Punisher has, you know, a, um, a bandana thing around his forehead and there was one that was, um, I think, Iron Man versus Black Panther where Black Panther has a cape on. I think, I think it was the half cape. I was kind of like, eh, what's the point? It, it's not giving me anything really that I need, so I will pass on, on some of those things. So uh, are there any series or, um, I guess, avenues of, of collecting such as, you know, mini busts and statues and... and um, I guess prop replicas and, and that sort of thing. Is there anything like that, that that constantly sort of niggles at you that you you feel you could take up collecting at any time, but you kind of keep telling talking yourself out of? Um, statues is a little bit like that. I go, oh, that's a nice statue, but then I go and then I sit there and think, but it doesn't do anything. Like I can't, you know, repose it a lot and. And it takes up a lot of space and it takes up a lot of money. And so I kind of go, yeah, it looks nice, but let's not let's not worry about it too much. And the other thing is because there's been so many statues and so many minibus and whatever, I know that it's kind of a case of, okay, what's the point in having one or two? So it's not a big deal for me to say, no, I don't want it. It's just kind of, that looks nice, moving right along. Um, <laughs> prop replicas is kind of, you know, I... <sighs> It's hard. It's one of those things where it's a case of I don't care about it that much that I have to have the thing from a movie or a comic book sitting in front of me. If I've got the little whatever three and a half, three and three quarter or six inch version of that character, I go, but I've got that in a three and three quarter scale and it's in scale with everything else. This prop is just going to be a big prop. If it was something that was really cool and had served something other than to just be a big chunk of whatever it is, then yeah, maybe I'd get it. Yeah. But so so props for me are kind of less likely to be bought than a statue because a statue is a representation of a character, whereas the prop is just, oh, look, I've got, you know, like a Mjolnir. Um, yeah. 
but what does that get me? Like, it's not an actual hammer, so I can't even, you know, hammer in a nail with it without smashing the crap out of it. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be tempted to uh, chase around one of the feline members of the family with it? No. I, could, I, I chase them anyway. It's okay. <laughs> So what about if, um, you know, a company was to, to, you know, put out a solicitation for something that, that really wowed you? So if uh, our good friend Randy Bowen was to put out some uh, promo shots of an upcoming, you know, Jubilee statue from the X-Men and it just absolutely nailed the, the look and feel of the character for you, is that something where you just happily add that to your collection or would you still have to sort of sit back and think about it? I'd have to think about it, but again, right, it, it goes with nothing else that I have. <laughs> I have to go, therefore, I have to go and find a space for it to sit by itself without looking too crowded, without crowding anything else. And I'm going, yeah, so it'd look nice and all, but where's it going to go? Yeah. It's, it's my immediate question for a lot of things where I go, that's a nice statue. Question one is, where's it going to go? Question two is, what's it going to be in scale with? And question three is, why am I paying that? Like, why am I paying so much for that? Um, I mean, if I was going to have something in Jubilee, the thing that it would, that's larger than a whatever scale I'm collecting in, what I'd probably be more likely to get would be like a, a big cardboard standee because, you know, it, yeah. it's definitely not going to fit in with anything else. But at the same time, it's not going to take up a lot of space if I want to put it away. And it's going to be, you know, very much unique from the rest of my collection and kind of, you know, at a, at a life-size kind of size. Yeah, it'd be a fun talking point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, when or what what point in your sort of collecting life or, or what what toy or collectible made you suddenly stop and go, you know what, I'm I'm actually an adult toy collector? Um, it's interesting because I think for me the distinction isn't so much adult toy collector versus um, serious collector. So, I mean, adult toy collector would have been when I got into the Dragon Ball Z figures, but the serious collector would have been uh, Marvel Legends, Marvel Universe, because that's the point at which I went, okay, look, this isn't just, you know, collecting figures of one character or whatever, or it's not just going to take up a small amount of space. This is, I'm going to be putting a lot of time and effort into this now, or time, effort, and money into this now. And so I would have said that's probably Legends Universe. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'd say that it was the same for me when I started to really obsess about getting every Marvel legend and, and continuing with each new wave. It's... Yeah. Hmm. Very good. All right. Well, obviously, uh, we know you thanks to your association with the Action Figure Blues Forum. How did you sort of get into the world of, um, you know, online fandom? So, as I said, when I was starting to collect... Um my Marvel Legends, it was partly to build, you know, okay, here's here's the new Avengers kind of thing. Um, so that would have started off with trying to find online toy stores of repute, found at least one that is not of repute in my mind, and um, I will never use them again. Um, and then going into eBay, and then once you've got a collection, you know, at that point um, I kind of had a look on Facebook and, you know, have a look around, see what other people have got, and go, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool to find ideas for displaying them and stuff like that. So it's kind of, okay, there are clearly, you know, Facebook groups and whatever out there, and they kind of went, okay, and joined a couple, and then a few years later removed myself because I was kind of going, yeah, I don't 
don't really care to have them see what I'm all into and whatever else anymore. Um, but the what then I guess um, my real home for action figures on the internet is actually AFB, um, and the reason that I found them is because I was kind of going okay. So Marvel Universe has come out. I can find, I think I couldn't find. Um, it was. Bullseye maybe was one of the ones I couldn't find and maybe Green Goblin. And I also struggled to find a couple of the variants of Human Torch and whatever. So I was kind of going, okay, have these even been seen in the wild in Australia? And so I was searching for information on that and stumbled across um, AFB forum. That, and that hit, and um, I think Scott had just said, oh, you know, we've just had these released and I've got these ones. And some of those were the ones that I was after. I was like, okay, so they're there. Um, so instead of just going to where I normally go for toys, I went to a couple of different stores around and eventually found some. And, and from that, I was like, okay, so at least at that point it was, okay, at least this guy seems to actually be able to find stuff. He's not in Adelaide, but if it's reaching somewhere in Australia, fine. And I'll start following to see what else comes out. And from there it became a case of, okay, we'll then join the forum and grows from there. Yep. Yep. And branch out to, uh, and get some of those other collectors to give you a hand. Yeah, that's right. Um, and from there, you know, it became a case of okay. After that, it was I'd found then found Big Bad Toy Store and gone and filled a couple other little holes. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I can start pre-ordering. And I was like, well, if I can do that, why am I bothering going to a toy store anymore for these things? And so, you know, it, it's basically the way that I do my collecting now. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly uh, a. a time for change i think yeah like i don't think a serious collector really would be spending too much time in a toy store in australia so yeah and i guess one of the questions that people would probably ask and uh, i certainly remember you telling me when i asked but um what's the story behind the the username westy okay so <laughs> i play ultimate frisbee um the club i play for is called ultimate evolution um there were already two guys there with the name Adam. One of them is a little bit taller than me, so he's probably 6'2 or something. The other one is like five foot nothing maybe. Um, <laughs> and so that was big Adam and little Adam. I came up. There were also at the time two guys called Ben, so they were B1 and B2. <laughs> of course. I rocked up in a case of, well, what are we going to call this guy, you know? <laughs> We, we've already got these guys as Big Adam and Little Adam. We can't recall them A1 and A2 and A3. And he's not exactly, you know, right in the middle of them. And so it was a case of, because I make a lot of random comments um, at Frisbee, as I do in most of the rest of my life, um, and because they're all kind of, we're all kind of Family Guy fans, it was a case of, okay, well, he says random things, just like Adam West on Family Guy. So... <laughs> So hence Westy. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That is, uh, that's a great story. Yeah, I, I do like that one. Well, the, the the other part that goes with that is there are people at Frisbee who, for three or four years, didn't actually realise that my last name wasn't West. Ah, right. mm. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, and it's stuck with you ever since. It has. Excellent. All right, well, um, we might start to sort of wrap things up now, so um, I'm going to sort of hit you with a, a couple of last questions to, to see things off. Mm -hmm. And what what would you say is your absolute favourite action figure that you own? Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, just an easy one to, to end things. Um, I actually quite like, I think it was um, uh, Spider-Man Classics, the Spider-Man Classics um, Iron Spider. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. The original release one where it was nice metallic paint and whatever, not the one where it got re-released like four years ago and it was you could get a light red one and a translucent one or whatever. Yep, yep. Very nice. And what would you say is your favourite um, unusual piece from your collection? Uh, probably my Spider-Man costume. <laughs> yes, we have been following the, uh, the, the, the costume evolution over uh, the AFB um, podcast and uh, on the forum as well. Most entertaining. Yeah. So I may have to get a, another one to try and you know, get a better fit or you know have removable gloves and mask, but we'll see. Living the dream. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Without the injuries. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, fantastic. And, uh, well, thank you very much for your time and, and sharing all that with us. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, of course, uh, if you want to uh, see some more photos of, of Westie's collection, you can pop along to the Action Figure Blues forum at afbforum.com and uh, have a bit of a look and, and also join up. And, uh, yeah, until next time, well, this is the AFB podcast, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you, Adam. You're welcome. It's a pleasure, Ben. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter, at AFBlues, and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by the Big Top Network.